Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're doing some big things with the audio side, trying to grow our product and make sure we're giving you guys a lot of coverage as we get into the season. So you could do that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your needs about the Sixers as we get into training camp. Just under three weeks away from things getting rolling in Philly. Uh, joining me today to talk about that, one of the men behind the magic at Liberty Ballers, Paul Hedrick. Paul, what's going on, my man? I'm just over here living the dream, Jazz, enjoying uh, enjoying all of the chatter. And, and and like you said, we're we're really close to training camp, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Are we, are we enjoying the chatter or is it becoming overkill? Because <laughs> we know there's only one person we've been talking about here for, for the last few weeks because it is the story, not just in Philly, but around the NBA. I enjoy chaos uh i enjoy everyone it, it uses me I'm, I'm, I'm like a it's like a joker thing like i don't know i just enjoy that um so to me it's 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 entertaining um you know as far as like what's going to happen with the team yeah it's it's listen it's a little frightening i totally get it because you don't know we don't know what 100 what's going to happen um it's it, there's a lot i mean we have an idea that ben simmons might not show up to training camp but um other than that we, we really don't know much yeah, and, and, and this has been obviously the, the story surrounding the Sixers, not just in the offseason, but as you know, as we're now getting, like I mentioned off the top, and, and you said, you know, we're, we're super close to training camp here. Doesn't look like we're any closer to a resolution to this problem. And I also think, you know, in my opinion, this has been a unique NBA offseason. And in terms of, you know, coming off the, the pandemic and, and, you know, we're not still pretty much in it, but I mean, just in terms of, you know, the league had to adjust its schedule, the league had to adjust it's the timeline the league had to adjust you know not having fans for for most of the arenas until we got into uh the postseason or close to in, in most nba cities and so i think things have just been it hasn't felt completely like a normal offseason i don't know if we'll ever get back to doing that but i mean it's it's interesting to see because this is coming from mark stein obviously one of the best in the business in terms of being an nba insider and, and the contacts that he has and he wrote in his Substack uh that league sources are saying that the Cavs are trying to keep their hat in the ring to try and pry Ben Simmons from the Sixers. Now, this is going to be interesting, you know, the way I'm looking at it, because what do the Cavs have that would not, not maybe that the Sixers and Daryl Morey and Elton Brand would want, but do they have anything that's going to elevate or keep the Sixers at least in the championship conversation? And you're kind of looking at this, it's like they took Evan Mobley this year in the draft. Again, not exactly an ideal fit next to Joel Embiid with, the, with their game style. But when you're looking at this, a uh, guy like Colin Sexton, guy like Darius Garland, uh, Isaac Okoro, a young guy who could help with on the defensive side. But when you're looking at this, is there anything that the Cavs would have that maybe you'd be interested in in bringing back for for Ben Simmons at this point? There is, uh, it's, there is, but it's it's a little murky. I, I want to start this off by saying I really think what's going to wind up happening eventually is with Daryl Morey. It's I have a feeling it's just going to be this wild 14 deal where like all these players and picks are getting moved to all these various teams. I just have a feeling it's not going to be this cut and dry. 
you know, one for one or even one for one plus picks. Like, I, I just, I don't think it's going to be this clean, simple deal. I think it's going to be something a little bit more complicated in Darren Warrior's attempt to get the most out of it. With that said, certainly when you look at what the Cavaliers have, you already mentioned the young backcourt with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Both of those players to varying degrees can help the Sixers. Uh, they really can, because the one thing I'll always go back to that I think the Sixers sorely lack um, with or without Ben Simmons is a sh perimeter shot creator. They really don't have much of it. And I think that's why you saw the impact that Tyrese Maxey had last season. I mean, Tyrese Maxey was very good, but part of the reason why he was so impactful is that he was able to make stuff happen off the bounce. The Sixers haven't had a player like that pretty much the entire Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons era. Um, since they've both been in the league, they haven't had a guy who you could say, here, take the ball and, and make something happen. They just haven't had guys like that. So when you look at both Sexton and Garland, they both really fit that mold. They are both perimeter creators. Um, they do a lot of really good things. Um, I would say kind of the pros and cons of that you know with Sexton let's say Sexton's the headliner of that deal you know whatever it looks like Sexton's the guy that they take back for Ben Simmons with Sexton I I certainly worry about his defense um you can't have him and Seth Curry both in the starting lineup that would just be a disastrous backcourt defense. really Garland too you can't really have if you bring in either of those guys you can't start Seth Curry alongside him because you'll just you'll get killed defensively especially losing Ben Simmons um, and that would make Danny Green essentially your primary defender. Like you, you can't go into the season with that. You, you would likely have to bring Seth off the bench and maybe perhaps start Matisse Stiebel. But again, it's, it's a domino effect. It would affect a lot of things. But with Sexton, my concern would be he is a scorer, um, legitimately a very good one. Um, he's proven to be a much better shooter than I thought he would be at the NBA level. But he's not really a playmaker. He's not a point guard. So if you're losing Ben, say what you want about Ben Simmons, you are losing a legitimate playmaker if you trade him and if you replace him with Garland, I just wonder where the playmaking for others comes from. I have no doubt that Sexton will help them offensively as far as creating opportunities for himself. And that will help that will help the other guys, you know, the, the other three shooters on the floor and it will help Joel Embiid. It will help create space, but I just worry that he's not going to be, he's where, where are you replacing Ben Simmons playmaking now with Darius Garland I think he'd be a better fit from that standpoint. Darius Garland is a guy who can create for himself and for others. So if I'm weighing which guy I like more for the Sixers, I would say Garland. Uh, but again, going back to defense, you're still going to be taking a pretty substantial hit, putting Darius Garland in the starting lineup and asking him to guard, um, you know, some higher level guards. Um, you mentioned Okoro. Now Okoro could be a guy that could maybe help fill that void a little bit he's you know very talented wing uh very talented defensive player um with all of that said what does a package look like it is is to me is, is ben simmons for you know colin sexton or darius garland and okoro and picks is that enough i don't know uh i really don't know if that is enough to me and then the other you know the other wrench to kind of throw in there darius garland is also a clutch client yeah. so Will they be, will that, you know, will that, will the clutch agency be amicable to wanting to see Ben Simmons and Darius Garland traded for each other as opposed to them playing together? So just, it, it's complicated. They're, you know, they're, I could see either of those guards making them better offensively, but I would have a big concern over both guys 
defensively. Yeah, and you know, the one thing I do like about each of those guys, Paul, and again, I, I would take Simmons over them any day. You know what I mean? Twice on Sunday. Right. If it came down to, you know, who I'd, I'd want to choose, but just given the situation, this is something that has to be looked at and and has to be discussed. And you're and you're looking at these guys like, okay, uh, Garland, Sexton, both pretty good three-point shooters. You know, they do give, we'll give the Sixers some more floor spacing. Uh, Garland shot just under 40%. Last season, Sexton came in at, uh, at 37. And then you're looking at, okay, what do these guys bring like that? Well, they do bring, like you mentioned, they're going to be better offensively. They're both in the 80 percentile in terms of what they can uh, shoot from the free throw line. So these are improvements that you're looking at on the offensive end. But like you mentioned, at six foot one, you're losing a ton of size and you're losing the defensive capabilities that that Ben Simmons brought. And and I think that, you know, like you were saying, that it's going to take some weird deal that you're going to have like, you know, somehow a team like the Charlotte Hornets or some random team coming in and, and, you know, swapping some picks and getting rid of a contract. I think that's what we're looking at. But also when you look at what the Sixers have now, and there, there has been a lot of, uh, I don't want to say hype, but I mean, just a, a lot of uh, positive coming from what we've seen from, from Tyrese Maxey and what we saw from him at the, uh, at the summer league. And it's like, okay, this was very, very encouraging. So when you're looking at how this team can maybe improve internally and let's just say they do i know i'm again this is a total hypothetical let's say they do get uh darius garland from from the Cavs and and some other picks and uh around the way it's like if you look at that they bring that in and you have a guy like uh maxi and and you know you got b-ball paul and all these guys trying to you know improve is there any way that you could see the sixers by taking maybe less of a return than than we would have anticipated for simmons do you is there any way you could see them still being involved with the top teams in the East, or is this going to be a deal that they have to make and basically willingly take it on the chin that we are not going to be up to snuff with the Brooklyn's and the Milwaukee's in the Eastern conference. I do think there might be a situation where like you kind of just alluded to where you almost have to take a step back to sort of take a step forward. If that makes sense uh, Mm -hmm. with Ben Simmons, because you know, you see the teams that are interested, whether it's whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Cleveland, whether it's Toronto. I mean, all of these teams, what they can offer you, the kind of what you already said is it's not Ben Simmons. You know, say say whatever you want about Ben Simmons. It's not Ben Simmons. And then, you know, kind of just to touch back on too on those two guards from Cleveland, like it's fair. Ben Simmons in the postseason, it has not worked out. He, he has not performed at the level that you need him to be at. But we have no proof that Colin Sexton or Darius Garland are going to be either. And they're both very young. So it's fair to wonder, do they fit the Sixers timeline? So that's another issue that I think crops up. And I think the, the one thing that you just said is, is, is draft picks. Any deal. So if, if, if this is a situation where you have to take something like, you know, let's put Minnesota out there. You have to take something like Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, and like Jaden McDaniels and picks you better get good picks because that to that to me is what could be the difference. Um, you know, it, like in a vacuum, Malik Beasley is a pretty damn good player and a really good fit here. Like, I don't think people realize like he is a plus 40% three point shooter on a pretty heavy volume. Like this guy mm-hmm. is a pretty good offensive basketball player. He can create a little bit. He's good in the mid range. Um, you know, okay. Finisher. He's pretty athletic. I think he's got, more defensive potential than what he is than what we've seen because like i said he is an athletic guy when you saw him at florida state i really liked his two-way potential um but when you're playing for a team like minnesota uh maybe that doesn't come out as much as it should and maybe he's not getting pushed enough on that end but 
uh, in a vacuum, I, I really like Malik Beasley and I really like his fit. I think he'd be a good player here. Um, and same with, I'm quite frankly, Patrick Beverly. I think Patrick Beverly is a winning basketball player. Sure. He does some stuff. I don't like, um, you know, I, I think so, he can border, you know, he, he, he plays on the edge and sometimes, you know, he crosses that edge and crosses the line a little bit, but I think he's a winning basketball player. I think he was a big part of what the Clippers did in getting to the Western conference finals last year. So I, Having him on the team is is a plus. I think he would make he would help them. But um, if that's all you're getting in return for Ben Simmons, I think you need the picks because the picks are what could get you something down the line. Um, you already have good young players. You know, when, when you talked about Tyrese Maxey, when you talked about you know a guy like Matisse Thybul, um, they have some good young players that could attract teams for a star player down the road. So if you can mix that with some draft picks. You know, maybe the Ben Simmons trade, you're not getting the full value of what you wanted, but it could set you up for a potential future deal. So there is that, Um, you know, and just like from a theoretical standpoint, if they go into camp and and Ben Simmons just doesn't show up, you're going to be asking Tyrese Maxey probably to do a lot. And is that fair to him? Probably not. But at the same time, the circumstances he put in, he was put into last year really weren't fair. You know. He had to save their season in game six against the Hawks. That's not a fair position for a rookie 20 year old to be put into. So I I think if there is a young player that can handle that, that can handle that bigger role that can handle that. It is Tyrese Maxey. Cause I think he is a perfect prospect. He works really hard. Um, He's really coachable. He's really likable. um, And he's just good. He's a good player. And you know, he is going to continue to work on his game, work on his craft and make himself better. So while it's, maybe not fair to ask him to have, you know, uh, such a big role if Ben Simmons is not here. Um, I think he's talented enough. And I think he is like borderline special where I think he can not only can he handle it. I think there's a potential he could excel in it. So yeah, ultimately they might have to take it on the chin and they might have to take a deal that maybe they don't love. Um, Not that Daryl Morey is known to do that, but that could be what winds up happening. But it could set them up for the future. Like, 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 you know, to kind of answer, answer your question in a roundabout way, are they on the level of a Milwaukee and a Brooklyn? If they pull, you know, if they, if they pull the trigger on, on the Minnesota deal or they pull the trigger on the Cavs deal. No, quite frankly, I, I don't think they are. Um, but maybe this sets them up so that, you know, this year, I don't want to call it a rebuild cause that's certainly not fair, but a, perhaps more of a retooling year. And then the next off season, you go into that, you know, into the 2022-2023 offseason armed with all this ammo, and maybe that's when you make your big move, and, and that's when you kind of, you know, assert yourself back in a, you know, Eastern Conference upper echelon group. Uh, Paul, you made some interesting points there. Uh, I want to ask you some more follow-up questions. Let's do that after, after a short break. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. 
The ultimate never done that can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. All right, and we're back. And, and Paul, before we went to break, you, you had mentioned there that, hey, you know, maybe you have to look at, you know, kicking the can a little bit down the road and being like, maybe not for the 2021-22 season that we're looking at trying to win a championship. And, and we're, you know, I go, we're hoping a guy like Ty Maxey takes a, a, a leap in his development and he becomes more of a, of a central piece to the puzzle, you know, alongside Embiid as you go forward. Because as we mentioned, you don't want to waste away Embiid's prime being a, a four or five seed and, and might win around and get to the second round and get bounced by a team like Brooklyn or Milwaukee, you know, two, three years in a row. And it's interesting because you're like, I, I like, I love where your head's at with this in terms of being like, okay, let's look at the Timberwolves as a potential uh, trade partner. You get a guy like Malik Beasley, who obviously, you know, has put up pretty good numbers over his career, averaged roughly 20 points a game over the past two seasons with uh, during his stint in, in Minnesota. And although it was a small sample size during the 2019, 20 year, but you're looking at what this guy brings and then you have him. And then you get a guy like, uh, um, you know, let's just say you're, you're, you get some improvement internally from Tyrese Maxey and uh, Thibault keeps, keeps coming along. So you're getting these guys kind of coming together and, and things are working out. And I, I agree with you. If you can get those picks and maybe look at moving those for a future piece. Because the way I'm looking at it, it's like the only teams that really have the, I don't even want to say the assets, but maybe the the desire and and something that the Cavs, or pardon me, that the Sixers would want are, are teams that don't really have, like, they're just not ideal fits, right? Like, if you look at the Cavs, it's like, yeah, that would have been nice to get Evan Mobley. You got Jared Allen. They just got marketing from from Chicago. So they got these guys on their on their roster, but it's like none of them are good fits next to Embiid. And then we talked about Golden State earlier where you have James Wiseman, a terrible fit next to Joel Embiid. You know what I mean? And and so when you're looking at this, is there is there any any way that you see right now short of possibly Damian Lillard or, or Bradley Beal, which again, we've you know talked to this I talked about this throughout the entire offseason, and there's been no movement from either of those guys in their current situations in, in Portland and Washington. But is there any way you could see Maury pulling something off that keeps the Sixers in title contention for this coming season? Or do you think the better play at this point is, like you've mentioned, just look at the long term and the bigger picture? Well, I would say in a Ben Simmons trade, I, I don't see any scenario where he does something that's going to make them a title contender. Not, not to say it can't happen um, because we've seen Daryl Morey do stranger things and, and make some things happen in Houston that maybe we didn't quite suspect and things that maybe we didn't think would work that did work. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I would kind of say never say never, but I, I don't see it. I don't see the path to a Ben Simmons trade landing a star at this point. Now, with that said, you know, I maybe even misspoke when I said like, you know, the long term, you know, a lot of things can happen. Uh, stars come loose all the time. These things are not abnormal in the NBA. Like last trade deadline, did anyone think that Kyle Lowry would even be dangled out there? Like, no one saw that coming. No one expected Toronto to really play as poorly as they did. And for Lowry and for the, the Raptors to even listen on Lowry, obviously he doesn't ultimately get moved, but clearly there were reports there, there was plenty of smoke. Uh, just it didn't come it didn't come to fruition um it going back to that though if you have a trade with a minnesota or a cleveland and they give you picks those picks could come in handy at the trade deadline even and maybe maybe a guy that you didn't see 
as, as a player that could have potentially been out there, whether it is a Kyle Lowry type of guy, maybe that guy becomes available at the trade deadline. You make the move and then you put yourself in that conversation with the Nets and the Bucks. To me, like it's going back to a Sam, a Sam Hickey term and it's optionality. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Daryl Morey does very well. Even when he makes big moves, he still has a focus on the future. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to empty the cupboard completely. Like he, even when he makes these big deals, these big trades, he still manages to hang on to some good assets and, and things that could potentially help them down the road. So that, that could be a thing that happens, you know, could the Bradley Beal situation in, in, in DC, could that go sour within a couple of months or Damian Lillard or, or, you know, name a player, Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. If one of the, if one of their situations goes sour quickly, a couple of months into the season, suddenly that the Sixers could be in a really advantageous position to add a guy like that. So as much as I, I don't see a path to a player of that ilk to an all-star type player right now in a Ben Simmons trade, that a lot can change in a couple of months. Injuries happen. Um, you know, people play, players and teams not playing up to their potential happens. All of these, like only, you know, 16 teams make the playoffs and legitimately what there's maybe a handful of actual contenders. So, you know, as the season goes on, things will change and, and the play in tournament certainly hurts them a little bit in that regard. Cause some teams will think that they're still in it, even though, you know, whatever that's worth, mm-hmm. but I think having that optionality and having a little bit of the patience and having that long view uh, can help them. Um, if, if that Ben Simmons ultimate big move isn't out there for an all-star player. Yeah. Like you mentioned that with the, with the play in tournament, you can have a team like the Cavs who stick around like, Hey, we're going to get 10th. You know what I mean? <laughs> we might get one single uh, right. game out of it. And let's see what happens. And, and I agree with you. I just think the way it's uh, obviously, I mean, the pandemic has changed everything when you look at the world and, and how things have been structured and, and set up. But it's just been this weirdness in the NBA to me. You know what I mean? Like when I, when I look at this, like uh, not used to seeing as many stars as we have, you know, on the go and, and moving around and even the player movement hasn't been, I mind you, there wasn't a, a bunch of huge available free agents this off season, which we, we've seen before where you're getting all this excitement about where's this guy going to go? Where's this guy going to go? And it's just been kind of weird like that. So I almost feel like for the Sixers um, having the situation with Simmons and the way everything ended in the playoffs against the Hawks, it's 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 been like a disadvantage like they haven't been able to explore whereas there would have been like I just feel like two years ago there would have been a bigger market for Ben Simmons I don't know for sure but I just feel like the way the things were structured around the league you would have seen that and it's interesting like you're mentioning I actually think that is absolutely the best approach I let's say uh you know things don't work out with the trade he doesn't report to training camp uh, that's obviously going to be a distraction and they have to look at, okay, we're going to find him for, for missing practices and missing games and, and doing whatever. So it's, it's like, you're looking at the, at the trade deadline. Yeah. You could have a guy like Zach Levine available, you know, maybe somebody on the cheap, like uh, if, if John wall doesn't want to opt in for his player option with the Rockets, you know, even though again, he's, he's past his prime, but he's a guy who could help you. And, and maybe a guy like that becomes available. So you're looking at these big names that might become, um, you know, be on the market come time for the, for the trade deadline. And I think that's, you know, that's another, uh, that's another great way to explore this is get some future picks and send them off. But I, I'll wrap up with this, you uh, with you on this. And I, like I said, we've, we've talked about the Simmons thing a ton, you know, not only just in, in, in our circle and at, at Liberty Ballers, but overall, just in the NBA, this has been the topic of, of discussion for quite some time now. Do you ultimately think 
and I'll, I'll just put you on the spot with this one. Do you ultimately think he will be on the roster or at least still be on the team come time for September 28th, which is when training camp is, is slated to begin? I could see him being on the team when camp starts. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that Daryl Morey is not going to give in to, to the demand, uh, so to speak. I think he's going to practice patience. Now, with that said, um, I do. I don't see him at this point. Now that the, the trade demand is out there, I can't imagine him playing another game as a Philadelphia 76er, but uh, I would not be surprised if Daryl Morey forces him to hold out and, Daryl Morey says, you know what, I'm, I'm waiting for the deal that I want, and I'm not going to be kind of bullied into making a deal sooner than I want to make it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's possible that he will be on the roster on September 28th, but I do not see him suiting up again for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, and, and that's you're, you're sticking to that. Like, there's no chance that he's going to play in a single game this season. I don't see it. Because to me, it's like this. Like, at the beginning of the offseason – it was kind of an amicable thing. And I think I, we talked about this before. It was amicable. They mm-hmm. met with Rich Paul's, you know, Rich Paul and, and Ben's camp. And they said, we're looking to, we're, we're exploring trades for Ben. Rich Paul's camp said, okay, we're okay with that. Now it's come to a point where it's, they're not just okay with that. They are desperate to get the hell out of Philadelphia. So I, I didn't think it had reached that level. Uh, and especially when you see all the stuff leaking out about, you know, Ben being pissed at Doc Rivers and Ben not being happy with the comments, Doc Rivers, like all that. Um, it seems like it's not, it, it seems at least from the outside looking in and looking at the tea leaves. I, you know, if you asked me a month ago, I would have thought it was possible. I would have thought they could maybe mend those fences. But now with this being out in the open, this in the public, I, I, I'm not sure I see a path to that happening. Well, Paul, Thank goodness it is happening. Otherwise, we'd be just doing player profiles. So at least we got something to talk about right now. So we're 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 proud of that. But um, you know, it, it's it's going to be obviously. This is like I mentioned a, a few times during the pod. This is the storyline in the NBA, and, I, and I'm with you. And I think the closer we get to September 28th, the more you're going to start seeing not just the the coverage from a national perspective. Locally, obviously, it's going to be it is the big story, but nationally it's going to be the story on espn on sports center you could you know you're, you're going to be talking about it on all the hot take shows like um you know skip and shannon and, and first day you're going to see all this stuff the the airwaves will be covered um in terms of radio with this so this isn't going away uh, and i i agree with you i mean I, I don't think he'll ever play a game again and it's been interesting to see what's happened with with the clutch uh angle to it you know with the tyrese maxi story coming out and and now you mentioned you know darius garland he's a clutch you know there's so many different factors to it and so you know what rich paul as powerful as you are and as much as you've done you kind of killed the sixers here so we're not really <laughs> impressed with you but that's a topic for that's a topic for another day uh we'll wrap things up there don't forget like i said before at the jump of the podcast don't forget subscribe to our network we're trying to do some big things and growing our audio network giving you new shows at least five days a week you can do that on itunes spotify google podcasts wherever you get your fix and of course check us out at libertyballers.com for all things sixers as we head into the new nba system that does it for this episode we'll talk to you all next time hi we're visible we're the wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. 
rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.